Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If somebody blatantly fakes an injury to get out of doing something, they deserve some revenge, right? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, don't take food that doesn't belong to you. When I worked at a smallish private college in the financial aid office, food theft was a major issue. Once, I set up a really nice strawberry shortcake spread for one of the gal's birthdays, along with a note that said, For so-and-so's birthday, please don't touch. We will share after we celebrate. In the 10 minutes it took her to finish with her student and to gather the rest of the department in the break room, some jerk had hacked into it and tossed my note in the trash. Another time, during a super busy registration season, we ordered out for Chinese food. I put my leftover noodles and rice in the fridge, labeled with my name. The next day, the only thing left was plain rice. Some jerk had taken the leftovers that I had eaten out of no less. Since it was such a busy time and that was my planned lunch, that meant no lunch for me. Wonderful. I was pissed and decided to get even. I picked up an order of the same noodles, ate half, spit in it, mixed in hair and dirt with tiny bits of gravel, put it in the fridge with a label that said, not yours, do not eat. I hope the jerk got valley fever and broke a tooth. I was very happy to see it gone the following evening. Sadly, I think OP took the more obvious route. The best route probably would have been something insanely hot. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, X left me for a good friend, so now I'm going to meet and work for their favorite artist. Last year, my partner of many years, who I was ready to propose to and marry, and one of our good friends, started getting far more close than I was really comfortable with. During a period I was working long and hard to provide for us, she started getting distant and they were cozying up. Eventually, they tried to guilt me into accepting a polyamorous relationship, which I wasn't cool with. And when I ultimately put my foot down on the idea, she ended up choosing them over me. My ex tried to turn the entire friend group against me, which didn't work but did scar me mentally, and I found out a lot of other terrible things she'd been doing, like using my money for parties or spending it on her now current partner slash ex-friend. She consistently trashed me on social media when I never talked bad about her, even after all the hurt and pain I went through. I went through a massive depressive episode that I'm still struggling with today losing my business, sanity, and even my human will to survive. It was the darkest time of my life for this and some other reasons. But I kept reminding myself that I have to outlive my enemies. And a life well lived is the best revenge one can have. So I set the plan in motion. There's a very famous DJ my ex has a huge tattoo for and absolutely loves more than anything, besides Molly probably. And her new partner is a massive fan as well. I believe they even traveled to go see said artist recently. Travel was our big thing I got her into. And while I had this plan for a while, I kicked it into overdrive and finally got it done after finding that out. I worked for many years as a videographer slash photographer in the touring music world. 
It was the dream that I eventually gave up to be at home more and focus on building our relationship more as I got older. During my career, I worked with some decently known artists and built a few important connections. I opened up my old contact lists and went down the rabbit hole until I was able to get in contact with the DJ's team and got set up to be paid handsomely for doing touring work, running fan meetups, managing their Instagram content, etc. My work and name will be promoted all over their socials for my ex and her partner to see, and you best believe I'll be taking plenty of selfies. And while my original motivation was pure spite, I'm super excited to be following my dreams again and getting another opportunity to be a creative, plus meet so many amazing new people on the road again. Honestly, I'm assuming OP did this all thinking that this was the one, right? This is the person that they're going to spend the rest of their lives with. I mean, why else would you start giving up on your dreams and settling down, unless like you have a kid to care for? So imagine how devastating that is for a person like OP to be so committed to somebody and then they just go leave you for your mutual friend. I'm glad that not only did OP get their revenge, but they're opening their dreams back up again. Our next story is, steal a piece of stale chocolate for me? It'll cost you your career. I took a well underpaid job as a project manager almost 20 years ago. I was at a dented job and needed to build up my resume. The company was professional and my coworkers were awesome, except for the owner who I reported directly to who was an ex-hockey jerk jock. Despite of this and the pay, I actually enjoyed going to work and excelled at my job. Within the first half of the year, I got us out of probation, all the new contracts held, and became a preferred vendor along with building a great relationship with others, leading to more contracts. This opened up a lot of opportunities and money for the company. I brought in so much business, they had to open a second production shift to meet demand. To give an idea of how much of a jerk the owner was, he put in, we're here to kick butt, and our mission statement against concerns from pretty much everyone. Everything seems to be going great until he decided to hire his girlfriend as the third project manager. I gave a couple of my lowest clients, and the other incompetent project manager gave a significant portion of her accounts to his squeeze. Great, right? Until the girlfriend decided the project manager role is too hard for her. She gets moved to a buyer role, and guess who got his clients and all the other accounts from the second project manager back? Me. Well, I wasn't happy, but I still kept on trucking, handling all of my original accounts, plus more. Suddenly, the owner decided to hire his ex-jock buddy from another province to oversee the project management department. He also set up the new office where this new guy would literally be hovering over me. What's worse is this guy is almost illiterate. This is a highly technical role and this guy could barely write a coherent sentence. I try to bring him up to speed but a narcissistic jock is going to be a jock. How can someone under him teach when he's above me? We're pretty self-running and this guy could have just coasted through the job collecting I'm sure a great pay. Whatever, I kind of gave up and was pretty pissed at this point. I wasn't trying to hide it, and everyone in the office could see it. Being the jerk, the owner calls me into the office to set me straight and flex his authority, tells me if I'm not happy, I can leave. At this point, I've built up my resume and have plenty of glowing references for my peers and clients. I find a job within two weeks and gave my notice of two weeks as professional courtesy. Well, on the first day of this job, someone was passing around Ferrero Rocher and I just kind of left it on my desk. 
I eventually built this weird shrine around it. Everyone knew of this and would make fun of it. This thing sat for a year and a half, and at some point, I decided it'll be my sweet reward when I leave one day, even though there's probably worms growing in it by then. Anyway, I submitted the resignation on Wednesday and tried to bring all of my accounts to Jock Buddy, especially our largest client, who has very particular needs, especially reportings. This guy is still in better than me mode and brushing everything off, not making one note. At this point, I don't even care, as long as I do my own due diligence in training him. I came in the next Monday, and guess what? The thing is gone, and the wrapper is on my desk. I'm pissed. Boss and buddy come in, come right to me and ask if everything's okay, with the stupid smirk to exert their dominance. I did a full wipe of my local drive, packed my stuff, and told HR right now is my last day, effective immediately. Two days later, Jock Buddy had the nerve to call me on my cell and ask questions pertaining to my job. You can guess I told him to get freaked, and you can likely guess what happened to him shortly after. He screwed up all the accounts and got fired packed his bags and went home to his very pissed off wife. I was also told that they were back to probation with the largest client and owner jock tried to hire two people to do my job but couldn't figure it out and lost a ton of contracts. I love the idea that this whole revenge is centered around just the one piece of chocolate but it's just that centerpiece, it's that tipping point. It's that visual thing you center on when thinking about it but let's be real, this guy just being a jerk? I mean, you could almost argue just his demeanor made it okay enough to have a revenge against them. I mean, it's not even like OP really did that much, they just gave them more work for their job. Our next story is the time some obnoxious trick-or-treaters got what was coming to them. Just thought back on the story because someone trampled down the staircase outside my flat. This happened on Halloween about 15 years ago, when I was probably 15 or 16 years old. Where I come from, trick-or-treating isn't really a thing. But every couple of years, some kids actually do enter my apartment building and go from flat to flat asking for candy. I was home alone that evening watching TV when I heard some ruckus in the staircase one floor below me. I went to the door viewer of my apartment door to look outside. When I got there, two boys, probably 10 years old, were just talking to my next door neighbors and got some candy from them. Those kids were the ones making all the noise downstairs. Next stop for them was my door, but I didn't open, pretending no one was home because they already kind of annoyed me, trampling in the staircase, screeching and talking way too loud. So when I didn't open the door, they moved up to the next floor, still doing so very loudly. So I decided to have some fun. As soon as they were approximately two stories above me, I went down and locked the front door. I didn't really have a game plan here. I just wanted to annoy them because they annoyed me. They would have to find someone to unlock the door for them, and that would be the end of it. But what I got was so much better. About 20 minutes later, I heard them again running, screaming, and laughing down the stairs like a stampede. I went to the door viewer again and saw them as they ran by, spraying absolutely everything with silly string. Even my neighbor's door, whom I saw giving them candy before. I can't even tell you how big my smile when I saw that, knowing the easy getaway they had planned, wouldn't work. When they passed my door, I went out and down the stairs and I could already hear them panicking at the locked door. I then confronted them with their misdeeds and while I did so, my downstairs neighbor, an older woman, opened the door, also wondering what all the noise was about. 
turns out that she also gave them candy, and her door got the worst of the silly string since it was the last one, and they emptied the cans on it. She ordered them to give back the candy, and I went up the whole staircase, seven stories, with the two rascals and made them clean up everything. All in all, a very satisfying experience. This is only a truly satisfying experience if you have the time to babysit them while they clean up everything. Otherwise, I feel like most people, maybe they would just call the cops. I mean, obviously kids are kids and you don't really want to get them in too much actual trouble. You know, despite the fact that they just silly stringed your entire apartment complex, but let's be real, it's easier and it's probably going to be even more of a learning lesson than even cleaning all that stuff up would be. This next story is, after insulting my team and myself, you want me to help tie your pool to the car? In college, I used to work part-time at a popular retail chain in Canada. Let's call it Canadian Fire. One very, very hot summer Saturday, we had a run on pools. Everyone and their brother wanted something they could fill with water to sit in, and the rush started at 8am. As you can imagine, the hard plastic, cheap pools were flying off the shelves, starting with the first customer through the door. Like any college kid, I was hungover from the night before and just trying to make it through the day. My girlfriend at the time was a cashier, and she suggested we get a kiddie pool to sit in when we got off work later that night. So I snagged one of the last pools and was dragging it to the back to keep until my lunch when I could buy it. A customer, let's call him Hugh, saw me grabbing the last pool and demanded I bring it back so that he can purchase it. I told him no, I was setting it aside for myself, and there were plenty of those pools in a box that he was more than welcome to purchase. Well, Hugh went bananas, started swearing, cussing, and yelling for a manager. Finally, the manager on duty heard the noise came over and very begrudgingly told me the customer was entitled to the pool because I hadn't purchased it yet. I get it, and up until this point I was mad, mostly because I couldn't chill with my girl in her bikini drinking beer in the pool, but in this case the customer was right, and then it happened. The customer looked at me, smiled with a Cheshire cat smile and said, The customer's always right, which is why you work here and I don't. I saw red, but with my manager there, I couldn't say much. Q then looked at me in the eye and said, I bet you want to help me carry this out to my car and tie it to my roof. So I stifled my anger and carry Hugh's pool out to his car. Here comes the petty revenge. I asked Hugh to please get in the car and put all the windows down so that I could safely tie the pool to his roof. I take some of that really strong twine you use for packing and proceed to wrap the pool with twine through all windows, all four, and secure the pool to the roof. As I tie the last knot, real knots, nothing easy to undo, Hugh looks at me and says, Don't feel badly, I always win, as he drives off. I wish I was there when Hugh got home and tried to open his car doors, only to find all four of them shut. Not sure how his very large frame was ever able to get out of the car, but every time I see a car with something tied to its roof, I wonder if someone else just got their petty revenge. Obviously people like Hugh think they're very smart right up until they very much aren't. You gotta love that they're sitting there in their car with their windows rolled down thinking they're all smug, not realizing that this twine going into their windows is literally tying the door shut. All I know is, if Hugh's lucky, they have one of those tools that can like cut a seatbelt or something. Though knowing how Hugh is and how much they always win, they probably don't plan for something like that. 
Our next story is, she faked her injury. We had a coworker who always attempted to get out of doing just about every single task at our store. She'd been there for about 15 years, so the managers just coddled her along because if they pushed her too hard, they knew she'd make a huge scene or file a lawsuit. It was absolutely ridiculous what this woman would get away with, and it greatly irritated all the employees. She came to work one day, complaining that she'd sprained her ankle at home and would now require a chair to sit on between waiting on customers at the register. It's important to note that she did not have a doctor's note for this ailment. It also meant that she could no longer assist restocking sh- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Shelves on truck day, nor participate in removing sales tags and putting up the new sales tags, which are huge, time-consuming tasks for the entire staff. She would just sit on her throne, as we called it, and read her trashy romance novels all day long when she didn't have customers to ring up. Pretty cozy setup, right? The rest of us were out there on the floor working our tails off while she just sat there reading and munching on whatever snacks she brought with her that day. After about two and a half weeks of her whining about her still sore ankle, one day her husband was really late in picking her up after her shift. So she just gathered up her things, her handbag, books, and put away her throne. As she's walking to the door to leave, she casually states to me, I'm tired of waiting around so just tell my husband that I walked down to McDonald's. I'm hungry so he can just pick me up there. McDonald's is about three blocks down the road quite a distance for a person with a bad ankle to walk. 20 minutes later, her husband arrived and asked the store manager where she is. The store manager had no idea, and so he asked me. I told him the truth. She said she was hungry, so she walked down to McDonald's to get something to eat. She told me to tell you to pick her up there. As the husband exits the store, the store manager turns around and furiously grabs her throne, throws it in his office, locks it, and announces, We're done playing this game. She never got her throne back after that incident, and we all rejoiced when she finally quit a month later. Definitely 100% the bottom line here is if they have a legitimate ankle injury, they would go and get a doctor's note. It's not that hard. Unless they don't have insurance or their insurance is crap, and they'd have to pay out the rear end just to get a doctor's note even. Gotta love America. But we all know it was just an excuse to be lazy. Our next story is, no Halloween party for everyone? Okay, we'll make our own. I just heard this story from someone I work with, not a coworker of mine, but the director of a partner organization, who we'll call Evelyn. 
Evelyn's organization, a community nonprofit that provides behavioral health prevention and treatment services, is located in a desirable and tourist-focused area of the state that has a wide disparity in income levels. It's the kind of place that everyone wants to live, but few can afford to. You'll find enclaves of rich folks living in luxury, surrounded by neighborhoods of poorer folks, many of whom work in the service industry, serving the rich locals and tourists. Five or six years ago, she heard that every year, one local HOA in a wealthy area threw a bang and Halloween party for the kids with lots of free candy and fun things to do. Sounds great. There was just one problem. Only the mostly white kids whose families lived in that HOA were allowed to attend the party, and the HOA was very strict about it. One side of this neighborhood is bordered by a public park, where both kids from that HOA area and the surrounding poorer streets, mostly Latino families, play together. For their Halloween party, the HOA set up barricades on their side of the park to block kids from the other side coming over and even had adults stationed around the perimeter to keep non-HOA kids out. What this ends up looking like is unfortunately nothing new. The rich white kids have their own exclusive party and the poorer kids of color get nothing, even though the rich folks have plenty to share. Of course, the HOA isn't legally obligated to let people who don't belong to the HOA attend their party, but ethically, it's a pretty gross move to exclude children from a holiday celebration in their own neighborhood just because of what street their family can afford to live on. Now, being the director of a nonprofit that serves mostly lower income people, Evelyn was very passionate about inclusion. So when she heard about this, she was not happy. She's the kind of person who will do anything in her power to correct an injustice, no matter how small. So, she went directly to this HOA to complain. She wrote emails, attended public meetings to speak to them, anything she could to convince them that it was unfair of them to be so exclusionary. But unfortunately, the HOA wouldn't change their minds. They just kept reiterating that, these other families don't pay HOA dues, so we're not letting them into a party that's paid for by those dues. So Evelyn thought, fine. If these NIMBY jerks are going to keep gatekeeping, then I'll have to step up to fill in the gap. So, her nonprofit started holding their own annual Halloween party. An even bigger, better one, where everyone is welcome. Plus, they give out the best candy. At first, mostly the poorer kids who were excluded from the HOA party attended, but soon, word got back to the other kids about how awesome this Halloween party was, and they started wanting to go too. Now, years later, even the HOA kids would rather go to this party than the HOA one, and after attending both parties, they tell their parents, the neighborhood one was kind of lame, I like the organization one better. Their annual Halloween party has gotten so popular locally that starting this year, they'll be throwing a December holiday party too. And, as always, everyone is welcome. Let's be honest, as kids, when I was living in a obviously not very well-off place, we would all hop in the car and take a drive down to the gated communities and walk up and down those streets. The situation with Halloween was always for the kids and the kids' experiences. Having this big Halloween party for the community's kids and then excluding part of the community that the kids interact with because they're not part of your expensive HOA is pretty lame. My question is, what are they afraid of? That the parents are going to come start stealing full-size snicker bars for themselves? This next story is, you talk trash behind my back? 
You fail your exams. When I was 17, woman, I was the typical outsider in class. Most of my school days in high school, I was bullied and or alone. Therefore, my self-esteem and confidence was at an all-time low. The only thing I was confident in was my ability to learn. After my high school days, I wanted a change, so I went to a business school. I wanted a clear start at a place where nobody would know me and my past. There, I met Mary, 17-year-old woman. She was the exact opposite of me and out of all of the people in class, she talked to me. Excited was an understatement for the feelings I had at that time. I thought that would be the typical story of an extrovert that picked up the introvert. Boy was I wrong. Our little friend group got bigger when Celine, 17 year old, from our class and Christine, 17 year old from my Spanish classes, joined us a little later. Midterms came and it doesn't look good for Mary, she almost fails most of them, so we made a little study group with Mary, Christine and me. Celine worked most of the time for a burger place after school and had good grades, so she passed. Mary slowly but surely got better grades and we all had a good time. Mary also visited me at my parents' place and all things were good. Six months before our final exams, I got sick for three days and Celine and Mary were alone in school. When I was in school again, Mary got sick and Celine told me that Mary told her that she only befriended me because I was smart and some other things about my home and family. After that, I was devastated, but I made my mind up for my revenge plan. Mary told me that she met her new boyfriend at a party, therefore she doesn't have much time for our study group left. Every time when she has time, however, I was unavailable, so she and Christine studied alone. Christine was okay without me, she had much better grades than Mary. Mary's grades dropped fast. Final exams come and go, and Mary fails all of her exams. When she got her grades, she looked me in the eyes, and I smiled. She knew what I did, and she left furious. The good thing was that I learned how to be confident and talk more to people. Also, I met my best friend Marina only a half a year later. We have our 13th anniversary together this year. Being a lifelong introvert myself, it's a hard thing to learn how to stand up for yourself. I mean, it's a little bit easier to do so when you're with somebody that you kind of know or you think is a friend or an ex-friend. But especially in public or with people you don't really know that well, it's hard to put yourself out there and put your foot down. This next story is short your tab and I'll call your boss. Today, my GM got the pettiest revenge on some rude bar guests and it was so satisfying. A group of guys sat at the bar and ordered some burgers. One guy neglects to tell the other bartender that he wanted to add bacon and pulled pork on a sandwich. The bartender asked if he wanted the stuff on the side or a new burger and he said a new burger but still wanted to eat the one he had. No problem. He explained that he would have to pay for both burgers and said it was fine. When it comes time to pay, the bartender cashed out his tab with the card on file with his permission and when he got the bill, he was mad he was charged for two burgers. The other bartender explained that he had to pay for both because that's what he asked for and that his other burger was being boxed in the window. He made a scene about it saying that he didn't want the new burger now and wanted a refund. Our bar manager deleted the payment and gave him his new check with the one burger that he ate on it. He paid in cash for the new check, but left like $5 short of his total. Unlucky for them, our GM saw the entire thing go down. The guy who didn't pay his tab all the way walked out before the other two guys that were still sitting. They also happened to be wearing their work shirts for a long care slash sodding business with a phone number on it. 
The other bartender said that he didn't mind paying the $5, but my manager said screw that and called the dude's boss. Told him that he behaved very rudely and shorted his tap. To which that guy's boss replied, that jerk. Within five minutes, the guy came back with the $5 he shorted. Long story short, if you're going to short your tab, don't do it in your uniform with your boss's phone number on the back. This is like somebody doing some road rage in their company car. Imagine somebody like brake checking you and right on the back bumper it says last name's lawn care with a big old phone number on the back. I would say the first thing you do, get that license plate number and you call that number on the back and say what this dude's doing. Our next story is, sorry dude, it's only been me here and trash is all I've seen. Not long ago, I was working at a marina and it was a great job. I drove around a beautiful beach with my pooch on a golf cart keeping an eye on things. When the shutdown happened, we stayed open and as one of the only outdoor places to be, we were packed. The vibe changed and trash was much more common. People emptying their trash from the cars and the lots before leaving and getting mad that I refused to open the gate till they took care of it. I had a lady call the cops and report me for kidnapping. The cop that showed yelled at her more than I had though. I'm at the beach one beautiful afternoon and noticed a family walking away from their picnic table. I realized they're going home to the parking lot to leave but had trashed their area. I'm talking pooped in diapers on the table. They couldn't even be bothered to roll up. I was triggered to the max and thinking how to approach the situation. That's when, amongst the table of trash, I see an important looking large set of keys. It was time to take a break. I was happily strolling to the beach shore, my favorite place to collect my thoughts. Random thoughts like, how good is my arm after all these years? Good enough, I'm sure. I then went to go finish cleaning the most trashed area I had seen. As expected, some guilty looking guy panicked and walked up to me and said, Have you seen any keys around here by chance? I looked at him and told him, I don't think so, but feel free to check the bin as I added a diaper to the top poo side down. He quickly came to terms that he wasn't getting them back, but he watched me continue to clean his mess up to be sure. I would look at him smiling as we both knew that I was in too good a mood for the task at hand. He couldn't even be mad knowing that he'd have them had they cleaned up after themselves, probably knew he'd have done the same. I wanted him to accuse me so I could troll him more, but he was smart enough. They were in the parking lot for hours waiting around. I enjoyed every time I checked to see that they hadn't left yet. Kinda sucks trashing this guy's keys, but... I mean, it's one thing to leave a few wrappers or something, but leaving a whole diaper with your kid's poo in it, I think it was deserved. That said, our final story of the day is how to deal with a cue breaker. So the other day I went to a KFC near my home at about 7 in the evening. Turns out it was jam-packed at that time. Never saw it this full. Well, my first thought was maybe I should go somewhere else. But then again, I was craving a mighty zinger like heck. And I'd made up my mind a long time ago, so I decided to go with it. Oddly enough, there were two queues at the counter. One of them was comparatively shorter, but was not in front of the counter. Rather, on the right of the original queue, so I figured out that this was a... I don't know the right word for it, so let's call it phony queue. Although the cashier was taking orders from both at that time, I decided to line up behind the longer one, which was behind the counter. I waited for about 20 minutes or so for my turn. Fast forward, there were about four people in front of me when someone from the back walked in, probably a manager, and told the cashier to not take orders from people standing in the phony queue. 
Although there were a few grunts and curses by the people lining up in that queue, they eventually disbanded, all except one person who kept standing there. Now, as soon as I saw him, I knew what he was up to, call it intuition or whatever. He started inching closer and closer with every person that gave their order in my queue, and by the time there was only one person ahead of me, he'd practically placed himself in front of me. This confirmed my suspicions and I knew I had to teach him a lesson. As the last person in front of me gave their order, I literally banged into him shoulder first and pushed him out of my way. Obviously he wasn't expecting that because he thought that he was pulling some sort of ninja move or something. So now I'm in the front and he's pushed out of the queue. He goes, you may go first. And I was like, what do you mean I may? I should go first because it's my turn. You weren't even in this queue in the first place. Surely enough, by now the people behind me had noticed and I had told all of them that he wasn't part of the queue and was just trying to be smart. The guy was sent to the last of the line because no one was having that crap. I saw the guy walk out without ordering because the queue I was in was about 20 people long by that time. Felt pretty satisfying, almost as much as that mighty zinger. I'm gonna be honest, I love KFC just as much as the next person, but I'm not standing in a 20 person long line. At the worst, I would order on my phone and wait. I mean, I think they're gonna make it faster that way regardless, it's kind of like the drive through privileges. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome story of revenge, check out that video on the left. Or, if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 